A few of you eagle-eyed listeners out there probably noticed a difference in our episode's tagline last week. Um, I think you mean eagle-eared. Do eagles have good ears? <laughs> As the podcast birder, I should know this and I don't, but <laughs> I am sure many of our listeners noticed that we changed up the tagline because we have a lot of smart listeners. So, okay, Roxy, it is time. Spill the beans. I've been seeing somebody ah, for a while now. And we're serious. That's exciting. And I'm happy for you. <laughs> but we got to come up with a new descriptor for the podcast. Right. Too sassy Christian women? Singularly stylish. Too <laughs> super smart Christian women. <laughs> Maybe we're just patting ourselves on the back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll workshop it. From Religion News Service, this is Saved by the City, a podcast from two fill-in-the-blank Christian women making moves and moving on in New York City. I'm Roxy Stone. And I'm Caitlin Beatty. I'm Paul Brandeis Rauschenbusch. This week on The State of Belief. I felt like if anyone was going to be speaking up, it was going to have to be somebody like me. Faithful conversations around sexual orientation and gender identity in Texas with Aubin Peterson of Another Story. Also, getting ready for the 2024 vote with Adam Friedman, organizing an election strategist at Interfaith Alliance. The State of Belief, where religion and democracy meet. Distributed by Religion News Service Podcasts and available on your favorite podcast app. All right. Well, I may not be single anymore. More on that later. But Mm -hmm. I have definitely still noticed an awful lot of vitriol being lobbed towards single women lately, especially single Christian women. Yes. So what's going on? (laughs) Why is everyone so afraid of single Christian women, Caitlin? Well, as someone who can speak for all single Christian women, as well as has a bird's eye, eagle-eyed view of all cultural trends, right. the best that I can discern is that it all started with Matt Walsh. Of course it did. I mean, of course it started centuries before Matt Walsh, but he is particularly good at stirring up hateful content on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically a young single woman posted this video on TikTok and the setup is that it's like a Saturday morning and she's checking in with her followers. Here's what your Saturday morning looks like when you're single at 29 and you don't have a kid running around the and house. I didn't rise from my bed until... I got to sleep in this morning and I stayed out late last night. I went to Beyonce last night and I didn't get home until 1am and I danced and drank my little heart out and I didn't pay And I'm getting ready to do this and this and I'm and I saw a picture of shakshuka and I thought you know what I, really I'm planning good? to make shakshuka later on maybe I'm gonna learn how to make shakshuka today because I have no plans and I don't have kids which is like a Mediterranean food. egg and feta dish it's delicious go to the grocery store and learn how to make shakshuka so that's on my agenda today. it's great yes I've had it I mean when I was single <laughs> yeah, yeah once you start dating people you can't eat it that's just like Duh. part of the rules <laughs> so I've got a pretty stacked day and so she's you know, in this way that if I was talking to her, I'd be like, oh, you're like a little naive or like you don't 
hear how you sound. Mm -hmm. But her point was, I say all this to say, whenever I'm hard on myself about why I'm not married and I don't have kids and I should be further along at 29, almost 30. I want, I want, I want to be married with kids and that hasn't happened for me. And there are so many things that I am enjoying in my life. And even though it's silly that like it comes down to shuka. But the effortlessness and ease of my life, just kind of focusing on myself and the shakshuka I want to make or the Beyonce concert I want to go to really pays off when I'm hard on myself for not being where society tells me I should be in life. Matt Walsh just like totally, right. you know, right. he of course quote tweeted this to all his followers. Trolls. Yeah. And asked them to dunk on her. Mm-hmm. And it was just very gross because she's like a real person, even if she is naive. Yeah. Like, and I saw that it sparked the whole pile on that. Of course he was inviting And, you know, his followers were basically like, she is everything that is wrong with society today. Right. They're not just, you know, kind of right wing trolls, but a lot of people, a lot of cultural commentators, academic sociologists, as well as the incels. They're all pointing to this data about the number, the increasing number of unmarried women in the West and how that is a sign that we're in societal decline because... They're choosing not to get married and have babies. Now, we, we're going to unpack the choice choosing element. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but marriage rates are down. Birth rates are down. Men are not faring well. And single women are blamed for a lot of this. Right. Because we uh, prefer our parties, pizza boxes and pets to married life with kids. Well, it just strikes me that it's so much from the perspective of the man. Oh, yeah. Let's project all of that onto women who are not real people. They're just like means to an end. Well, they're certainly not real people unless they're with a man and have some babies. (laughs) I knew that we were going to start getting riled up before we actually even got to the stuff. (laughs) Of course. But But this is not new to your point earlier. No, it's not. I mean, for centuries, unmarried women have been looked at with some skepticism, concern, dismay, <laughs> fear. So let's burn you at the stake to get deal with this. Right. Right. I mean, Shakshuka lady basically got burned at the internet stake. Oh. So because we're word people, we're going to take a little etymological tour Ooh. of the various phrases for single women of a certain age throughout history. Shall we go on a little history tour? Yes, please. So probably the best known and well-worn title for an unmarried woman is spinster, mm-hmm. which started all the way back in the 14th century. And it was a term for women who spun wool, which right. was work always done by unmarried women. Mm-hmm. And I take it that it was not meant to be a slur at that time, right? Mm-hmm. It was just a description, but it evolved into one especially women slightly older than normal marrying age like no one implying no one wants to marry them because there's something wrong with them Mm -hmm. obviously to this day spinster does not have a (laughs) a positive glowing ring to it i don't even know how to spin wool i i i I can't help you there i I don't either (laughs) and of course we all know old maid which literally an aging virgin uh, this term apparently first appeared in 1530 
and has never been a compliment, if you can believe it. In France, you have the Catherinettes. These are these were unmarried women over the age of 25 who participated in St. Catherine's Day. They would wear elaborately constructed hats and dance in them in search of a man. I mean, oh. this sounds kind of fun. I'm not going to lie. It sounds a little bit like carnival or mm-hmm. ballroom matchmaking. Yeah. We should bring it back. I, I don't like hats, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, it, but I would still dance in an elaborately constructed one Fair. for a man. Uh, less fun. In Japan, you have the parasite single, mm. a term coined fairly recently in 1999 for a single adult who still lives with their parents. It is most often applied to women and obviously is seen as an insult and, and kind of this idea that you are sucking your parents dry, I guess, taking advantage of it. <laughs> Yeah, I can't think of a way where a parasite would be uh, a compliment. No. One more from across the world. In China, you have leftover women, which is another newer term from 2007. Now, leftovers can be good. But true. in this case, it is also a slur for women generally over the age of 27 who are called vain or selfish for not being married. So many people complained about it that it was struck from official documentation in China. Well, you can do that in a communist state. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So you're saying there are upsides. Do you want to go on record? (laughs) Wow. Strike that from the official documentation. (laughs) Well, what about the infamous cat lady? Mm -hmm. Turns out that's actually a lot older phrase than you might think. (laughs) They first got their reputation, Mm. uh, cat ladies, for being weird all the way back in (laughs) medieval Europe. Having a fondness for cats was very suspicious at that time. Like, I assume that there was some kind of, like, witchy element. I probably, I mean, these are probably all interlinked, right? Like, why witches are always single women and they always have, like, a black cat. Yeah, we got to dig into this. It resurfaced when suffragettes, when they started to march, people actually put up posters displaying cats demanding the vote. Like, people who were against giving women the vote were like, oh, what are they going to do next? Give cats the vote? (laughs) It's a slippery slope. Exactly. Like giving a woman a vote is also giving a cat a vote. (laughs) Basically. Did you know that Clara Barton and Florence Nightingale, famous nurses, were also not quite so famous cat ladies? I did not know that. There you go. I mean, they, they got some stuff done in their life. They weren't just sitting around eating pizza and drinking wine. So there. Religion News Service is an independent, award-winning source of global reporting on religion, spirituality, culture, and ethics. From encyclicals to exvangelicals, RNS is here for it all. And if you like what we're doing at Saved by the City, let us know. Throw us a rating or a review. It goes a long way toward getting the word out about the show. You can also email us at sbtcpodcast at religionnews.com. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Paul Brandeis Rauschenbusch. The State of Belief is a weekly podcast with a potent mix of spiritual wisdom, political strategy, and hopeful commentary. In a series of inspiring conversations, celebrating our diversity, and bringing us together to, in the words of the great James Baldwin, achieve our country. The State of Belief, where religion and democracy meet. Distributed by Religion News Service Podcasts and available on your favorite podcast app. 
So, Caitlin, the recent singleness wars, to bring it back to today, they didn't end with Matt Walsh. They Mm -hmm. made their way to the pages of many an outlet in the days following, including Mm -hmm. Christianity Today, where there was not one but two articles, and you just happened to write one of them, the second one. So tell us about this. Yeah, several weeks ago, I got an email, an actual editor at CT emailed me and said, hey, would you be willing to write a response to this article? Uh, we, we seem to have made a mistake. <laughs> Stirred up a hornet's nest. <laughs> this article could have gotten a better edit. So the, the original article was from a sociologist named Lyman Stone. He writes... No a- relation. <laughs> yes, thank you for confirming. He writes a lot about marriage and birth rates in the West. And essentially... He argues that the number of unmarried women in the church is a bad thing. Like, this is not something for churches to bless. This is not something for church leaders to Mm. accommodate or make a good thing out of. This is a problem. Mm. Marriage and family are blessed states. And so we need to essentially encourage more single women to get married. I mean, he did say that singleness is not a sin. That was the title of the article, which I thought was was generous of him. (laughs) Yeah, he certainly is not going so far as maybe Matt Walsh would go, which is to say, like, all single women are selfish and sinning by not choosing marriage and family. But he also called singleness a pitiable state. And I'm sorry. Ouch. (laughs) Anyway, it was, it was not great. Which you made known. You wrote a response. Yeah. So I wrote a response and basically just said, unmarried women have always played a key role in the unfolding of the faith. And they have always Mm -hmm. found a place of honor and esteem And we need to keep doing that. Otherwise, Christianity just starts looking like a fertility cult. Wow. Like the the distinct thing about Christianity is that we don't think that it all comes down to Mm -hmm. having more Christian babies in order for the faith to be preserved. Right. And also, I just acknowledge like the single women I know are not sitting around with all these options of men to marry and choosing against them because they would rather invest in their career or they would rather be alone with their cats or they would rather, you know, make shakshuka in the morning. Like those options don't exist for so many of these women. When you look at the numbers as Lyman should do, because he is a sociologist whose specialty is this, like women, when they're talking about like, here are the good things about single life. They're trying to make a good thing out of a complicated reality. Mm -hmm. And isn't it a good thing for any single Christian to say, I am grateful for the things in my life now? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It seems like Lyman Stone wants these women to feel miserable so that they cave and All right. Here's a quote from Lyman Stone, no relation, that just really, really got to me. Unless singleness is clearly defined as a state that has some purpose oriented toward the good of the neighbor, not just incidentally, but purposely so, it is difficult to understand what possible endorsement the status can be given. 
It is not sinful, but it is not good. Mm. <laughs> so, what possible endorsement can the status be given unless you are apparently a missionary? Yes. Some high intensity, dire circumstance that requires people to abandon kind of normal states in order to save the world, essentially. Yeah, certainly not like work at a high career marketing job. I mean, we all know marketers are sinful to begin with. <laughs> and single <laughs> marketers, oh man, I will, I will pray for you. <laughs> Unless it's not oriented toward the good of the neighbor. And that also can't just be incidental. No, 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 <laughs> no. You can't just happen to happen. like be kind to your neighbor. You must have a mission to do it. Uh. Yeah. So why did this? Why did this quote in particular rankle? I think it's because for a really long time I wrestled with that and this feeling that um, first of all I was divorced, so there was like grappling with that as sin or as you know an undesirable state to be. Mm -hmm. But then there was this this less these lessons I had from the church that being married was better um, or unless you were celibate for God. Um, mm -hmm. And all of those things said to me that I couldn't just enjoy my life. I couldn't find joy in my life as it was. I always needed to be mourning that I didn't have a man or making moves to get a man. And my entire life, therefore, was defined by lack. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I just didn't want to live that way anymore. And I found myself spending a lot of evenings on the apps, setting up dates and going on terrible first dates and being miserable doing that mm -hmm. and realizing like, I don't want to spend my life doing this. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to spend however long, however many years of my life in pursuit of a different kind of life and not being mm -hmm. able to just love the one that I have and I don't, you know, I, I think that was, for me, that meant putting away the apps. It meant deleting them. It meant, like, trying hmm. to make a good life just as mm -hmm. it was. And not, like, I have to justify everything by showing how I'm devoting every minute to some greater missional cause. It's like, what if, what if my being grateful for my work and my friendships and my community and a walk in the park and a good mm -hmm. meal and travel and family. Like what if that is as valuable and as good of a life as Florence Nightingale or as the Christian woman who's married with six kids? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. And I'll be honest as a no longer single Christian woman, um, that was actually hard for me to let go of. And when I first started dating the person that I'm with, I... How long have you been dating? Um, almost, let's see, we're at 11 months. Yeah, that's... Yeah. It's so a good long time. It's been a bit. Um, but I, I really liked my life. Um, mm -hmm. I was at a place where I liked it. And I felt a little threatened mm -hmm. by the changes and by giving up some of what I'd built. And I think it took, it took me longer than I expected. And I've also been, you know, I've been single for a, a decent amount of time. So mm -hmm. it was, I was, I guess, s stuck in my ways, settled in my ways. As, um, you, as you should be. I, you know, right, like, right. you carved out a life for yourself that 
was is rich, meaningful, and also hard won. Mm, yes, definitely. Because of the apps, because of the feeling of like, if I just had this relationship, if I just had this man, then I would be happy. Am I behind my friends who are married with kids? Like mm-hmm. all the scripts, you know, choosing to build a full and good life with the one that you have is hard. And it's, Mm -hmm. I think it is especially hard for women. Yes. And I will also say, I feel like I kind of was proud of being single. Like I wore it as a Mm. badge of honor in a lot of ways. I mean, we had it in the podcast tagline. Was it because it felt like a feminist badge? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, we might really just be proving the whole point of all these guys at the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah, but if Matt Walsh is my choice, I'm going to be single and feminist for the rest of my Forever. life. Forever. I definitely resonate with the independence thing. Mm-hmm. And my aunt growing up was single and she was cool. She took me out to restaurants and to plays and we went on Mm. trips together and these things that like Mm -hmm. you know my uncles who were married their wives didn't do that like with me Mm. I mean there was something that was like very special about her life and her freedom and her adventurous spirit and I admired that and I you know I did see something in the way that she could live her life that Mm -hmm. that felt empowering And so then when I became single, I wanted to step into that. And that was part of moving to New York was like, I felt like Mm -hmm. New York was a place where you could embrace being single, be proud of being single, have a lot to do as a single woman. Um, And it it had a a storied history of single women living big lives. Yeah. I also moved to New York out of a similar sense. And I would say living here is so much easier than living in like, majority Christian suburbs. It would take a lot for me to go back to that. Mm-hmm. I think it's taken a while for me to admit that, you know, I, I can go to all the like plays and restaurants and concerts and parks and still want mm-hmm. to share that with someone. Not because I'm incomplete if I don't have someone to share it with, but because I just feel like isn't the beauty of New York enhanced by sharing it with someone you really like. Yes. And my answer now is yes. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and it doesn't, it's, it's not either or it's not, it's bad if you're single, it's good. But I think it took me a few years living here. And of course the pandemic highlighted this for all of us that actually the thing Mm -hmm. that will make New York sustainable for me is if not like not a relationship per se, but like relationships and, Mm -hmm. and right. Can being connected to other people. Yeah. And I don't want to give this impression. That, like I, I wish I was single now. And um, I'm happy. I'm really excited. And it was more complicated to get there than I expected. Mm-hmm. And I think in the midst of and in the wake of my dad's death in particular, having having my person's support has really shown something like I am so grateful for that. And in many ways, I don't know. Mm-hmm how I would have gotten through all of that without him. And I think that friends can play that role and should and do play that role. 
And it's very nice to have a person who's yes supposed to play that role and they're the default and you don't have yes. to like wonder which of your friends will show up or not show up or or yes. feel like you're overburdening a friend by asking for something. Right. And it is really nice to have a person. And I think watching, oh, I'll cry. Watching my mom lose her person has mm-hmm. been really hard and... um and has put me in a place of really being like, okay, it is good to have mm-hmm. someone. It is not the only good life and it is not a wrong not to have someone, but it is beautiful to have someone. Yes. Not that you want to be thinking about Lyman Stone and Matt Walsh after sharing all of that, <laughs> but perhaps, <laughs> perhaps what they are trying to communicate and they can't because of low emotional intelligence is that, these structures of family do see so many people through the ups and downs of life. And Mm -hmm. that is a good and beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And I think, I just think I've like, I think the pandemic aged me like 10 years, Mm -hmm. maybe. Mm -hmm. I just think it's become more valuable to me than maybe it was five years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's not an either or again, it's like, I love going out. (laughs) I love, the freedom and independence of, of being an unmarried person, it would take the right person to give that up. And also mm, we all need relationships where we can be vulnerable and dependent on other people. And that is hard to imagine beyond marriage. Like marriage is a construct of that, that kind of naturally provides that because friendships, they can change really fast. They can be more situational. Mm -hmm. Like as you were grieving your father, I hear you saying, and I can imagine like just having that person show up right away as soon as you got the mm-hmm. news mm-hmm. is like, who, who doesn't want that right. kind of s- support and security and care? What I also saw is my mom lose her person and her church and her friends be there and continue to be there. And hmm. And mom didn't choose to be single. And I think instead of piling on single women for being single, how does the church support them? And how does the church become the kind of community that is thick enough to be there for people who who need it, who don't have a default person? And I think mm-hmm. that's where I would rather see Matt Walsh and Lyman Stone and all anyone else like put their energy is like... Mm-hmm. This is an unavoidable state for many single Christian women, especially if you want them to marry Christian guys. And to have biological children by a certain Gosh. age. I mean, that's a yeah. whole other, you know, in it their is. ideal. So instead of casting them aside or pitying them, how do you support their life? And how do you create the kind of Christian community that doesn't make them feel ostracized or like they don't belong or like they have no role to play and instead Mm -hmm. can find a way to celebrate them. It's almost like you're envisioning that the church could be a kind of family, which Mm. seems to recall certain images from the Bible and church tradition. (laughs) Like (laughs) what a thing. Like I recognize it's really hard to create a kind of church that, that is that thick, but I think that's, I think that's, the reality we're supposed to lean into. And that's what Mm -hmm. was so shocking about Lyman Stone's article was that that didn't even seem to be 
on on the radar. And given how many single women wouldn't choose that if there were a million options before them, what does it look like to honor and bless rather than curse and pity? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that really bugs me about these discussions about singleness among women and the pitiable state that that is seems to focus on what should women do about it. And it seems like it really ignores this reality of how hard it is to find a single guy, Mm -hmm. much less a single Christian guy, much less a single Christian guy you actually like and get along with and want to build a life with or just see every day. Mm. Women are not just like making this up. Yes, absolutely. There are many more unmarried Christian women than unmarried Christian men. Yeah. And we all know that, like from experience. And it made me think of another Christianity Today article that came out like a decade ago Mm. where a single woman was suggesting like, no wonder so many unmarried Christian women like end up marrying men who are maybe not Christians, but who are like kind and generous and supportive and they share a lot of similarities in other regards because like you've been drilling into them how important it is to get married and have children but if there aren't as many single christian men there but you're still telling them like yeah but you really should get married and have kids like no wonder no wonder so many women make that choice like who else are they supposed to marry and they're pitiable otherwise so it's like we are offering single Christian women another avenue toward a good life. We're just saying, bummer for you, but what are they supposed to do? Well, I think the the pickiness response is, is men imagining that women right. should just just get married because marriage is good. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, but you like in marriage, you live with another person for the rest. I mean, you know, as it's conceived, you yeah. live with another person for the rest of your life. Shouldn't you be picky yeah. about that? Like, shouldn't you be <laughs> discerning about that? And you and I both know just anecdotally, like so many Christian couples who got married super young mm-hmm. because it was totally put on this pedestal as the highest and best mm-hmm. thing. And things fell apart because mm-hmm. because they realized we're not actually compatible because there might be abuse or mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Like, so marriage is not good at all costs. And no, and it's not a ticket to happiness. Right. But it can be a ticket to unhappiness. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, that there is also a lot of data out there about how much of an impact the person that you partner with, your spouse, makes on your life for better and for worse. Right. So you're like finding a good partner is also part of this. And that's hard. It's almost like women are being blamed for raising their standards above like bare minimum. Yeah, or above where men are at these days. Yeah, it's worth acknowledging women are doing, like across the board in terms of education, career, happiness, fulfillment, women are all across the board doing better and men are really struggling. And I don't, yeah. I, I don't blame, like I think it's, I think we need to grapple with that. Like what is going on for men? But in the meantime, I don't blame any women for wanting a life partner that is on equal footing with them. As our good friend of the podcast, Christine Emba, wrote in a recent Washington Post column, quote, in real life, plausible marriage partners for heterosexual women are thin on the ground. 
all the elite infighting in the world won't change the fact that a good man is increasingly hard to find. End quote. Ain't that the truth? Well, we're we're overdue for a catch up, and I want to yes. hear more off record about, of course, your relationship and your processing being in a relationship over the last several months, and also. Does he have any friends who are not gay? Right. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, nope. (laughs) Saved by the City is a religion news service production. The producer is Jay Woodward and the consulting editor is Paul O'Donnell. We get production assistance from Julia Wyndham. Chaz Rousseau put together our look and Martin Fowler wrote our theme music. We are Roxy Stowe. And Caitlin Beatty. Thanks for listening. Regarding this mystery man, who I've only met once, does he have any single male friends who are also interested in women? Mm. (laughs) That sounded like pity. (laughs) (laughs) It did sound like pity. I'm sorry. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Oh, man. I'll do it again. No, I think that's perfect. I think it's perfect. Okay. Okay.